Hi, welcome to the Career Refresh Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Griffin. I'm a former media and marketing executive turned career strategist and executive coach. I spent my career working my way up and through the ranks of global organizations and startups. And today I show others how to do the same. Join me each week as we discuss the strategies and actionable steps to leverage your strengths, increase your confidence, and develop your career well-being. Ready? Let's do it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Career Refresh Podcast. Today, I want to talk about COVID. May is Mental Health Month, which means it's time to raise awareness of those living with mental or behavioral issues in order to help you reduce the stigma that so many people experience. Without question, the pandemic has posed mental health challenges for so many people. As you know, nearly half the world's workplaces were ordered to shut down by their government during COVID-19. And if you weren't personally impacted either by you getting sick or a loved one contracting the virus, then it's highly likely you were impacted by the social distancing, the mask guidelines, and the various changes that you had to make to your daily life. With workplaces slowly reopening, I know many of you are feeling the pressure to get back to the office. The American Psychological Association's 2021 Stress in America survey found that about half of all Americans are feeling concerned about a return to in-person interactions as the pandemic is winding down. Re-entry anxiety may be very real for you, and many people have mixed feelings about going back from the office. From safety to reluctantly giving up the perks of flexibility and the zero commute time, it's real. This anxiety is real. As we continue to see things shift in the pandemic and the start of workplaces are opening up, I do want to talk about how to manage the negative feelings and to ease your anxiety. The first area is safety preparation. You probably are already in contact with your company, but get really clear on what the safety protocols are going to be. Most companies have proactively released information, but if you haven't seen anything, it is in your right to reach out to HR or your leadership so that you can have clarity on what they're doing around safety protocols. The second thing is know your well-being and your non-negotiables. How do you want to ease back into this transition? What is it that you need? If you're going to be interacting with more people than what's been your usual routine over the last 14 months, social distancing has changed how we greet each other from hugs to handshake. Figure out what feels right for you and plan in advance how you're going to respond so that you can respect your boundaries. And why I know many of you are going to feel challenged by giving up some of the ease and flexibility of working from home, there are advantages to going back to the office. But how can you lessen the stress that comes with this change? How do you want to think about sleep, exercise, meal prep, nutrition? How do you want to think about downtimes or gaps in your your day? If there's one thing that I believe many will agree on is that we don't want to go back to the things that weren't working for us. My challenge to you is what if you mentally quit everything? You quit absolutely everything in your brain and you just said, I'm building back everything differently. 
So what you do is you take everything off the table. You question everything you've been doing. It's sort of like to Marie Kondo, your your career, your commute, how you're going about things. Take everything out and then think about how you want to build it back. Only put the things in that work for you. Mindfulness and meditation can really help ease anxiety and re-entry. I found it really interesting when I read that the recruitment firm Corn Ferry asked more than a thousand professionals this month what they were looking most forward to when they returned to the office, and 20% of people said nothing, which means 80% of people said things like re-engaging, less distraction at home, seeing colleagues, but 20% of people said they're looking forward to nothing, and you may be one of those people. And then only about 30% of those respondents believe that they'll actually be back working regularly in the office when, when it reopens. There's a lot of mixed feelings and opinions. When thinking about the next phase, it's totally normal to feel some social anxiety. Thinking about going back to the office and intergrouping with a bunch of coworkers. It's also understanding that people may be a little awkward and you may be a little awkward. But I'm here just to suggest that you normalize the feeling of nervousness. You're not the only one who feels this way. And knowing that other people feel the same way may bring you comfort to know that you're not alone. Your feelings are not an anomaly. They're real, but they can be managed. And if you manage other people, you have an opportunity to talk about your own feelings and normalize this uneasiness that we're all experiencing. And as a manager, also check with the people on your team. Not everyone's going to openly tell you when they feel stressed, but it is a good opportunity for you as a leader to be aware of the services your company offers around mental health and employee wellness benefits and ensure that you and your team has this information at the ready. While we will all respond differently in the aftertimes, most of us know that there have been collective experiences in which we can build empathy and community. We may have an idea of what others were going through, and we may have an opportunity to give and get support. And it's normal that this adjustment is going to take some time. I'm going to suggest again that you be patient with yourself. Getting back to whatever the new normal is, this transition is going to depend on your individual situation. For most people, these types of transitions can take anywhere from a month to three months. It's it's almost like starting a new job and giving yourself the time to really embrace the newness of that experience. So be gentle with yourself. And also look, your social skills may have eroded since you're not making small talk in person anymore. That normal cadence of conversation, the ease of chatting in between meetings or sitting in close proximity to others, you may have some level of sensory overload. The first few times that I saw friends after the initial restrictions were eased, it was really weird for me. And I was totally in a sensory overload And I talk to people for a living. That's what I do. So I want to share that years ago, I created what I call the rule of three, two, one. And I use this for attending industry events and network events and meetings and anything that was around socializing or interacting um, that was outside of the norm. And by the norm, I mean like sitting at your desk and doing your work. So before an event, I would think intentionally, who are the three people I'd like to connect with? What are the two questions I would like to ask them? And I only have to stay one hour. This helped me enormously by reducing my anxiety because one, I felt like I had a little bit more control over the situation. 
And if I was having fun and totally in the flow, I can choose to stay longer, but it helped me be really intentional with how I was going to spend my time and reduce my anxiety enough so that I was able to show up and not be awkward or self-conscious. When I convert this formula to an office re-entry scenario, I would start to think about, well, who do I want to connect with today? What do I want to know or ask? And I only have to get through one hour at a time. Chunking it down and breaking it into smaller increments always made it feel much more manageable for me. And just know that anticipatory stress or the stress of thinking that you're going to be stressed is really overwhelming for many of us. And that's what's coming up as we're getting around our our brains around these re-entry scenarios. It's really anticipatory stress. Holding space for two opposing thoughts, that's the cognitive dissonance, is, is completely possible in this situation. You can be stressed about safety concerns and be glad about seeing your colleagues. It's not an either or scenario. It's definitely a yes and. Also visualize best case scenarios instead of just spending our time in worst case scenarios. Pausing and using the power of your imagination consciously and then creating how you want to have the experience will really help reduce pre-traumatic stress and really help you function at a higher level as you go into re-entry. Being aware of breathing techniques, I've definitely talked about these before on the podcast, and doing mindset exercises are all really easy and portable ways to bring calm into your day. And breathwork is a tool that you can do quickly and use anywhere. It can be on your commute on public transportation or in the car, wherever you are, you can absolutely, you know, breathe in for the count of two, holding for the count of two exhaling for the count of two and repeating this a few times really helps reduce your stress level and your overall anxiety. And if you're needing to wear a mask within your workplace, consider placing a drop of peppermint or I also like orange essential oil can be really, really helpful if you're going to have to wear the mask for long periods of time. Just don't put the drop anywhere near your mouth or nose orifices. Put them closer to your jawline Just one drop is enough for a literal breath of fresh air, and the chemical components in the plant's extracts are known for their mood brightening and uplifting effect. Going back to the office also has benefits in reducing loneliness. Loneliness is reported to be an all-time high, and loneliness and social isolation can be as damaging to health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is according to the U.S. Resources and Services Administration. That's crazy. So in addition to rebuilding social connections and easing loneliness, fewer distractions at home may also result in you being more productive. And as I said previously, if you're rethinking everything, you may want to think about clarity and boundaries around work and life balance. This concept of work-life balance is an opportunity for us to refresh how we want to approach this. Who are you excited to see? What's good about the aspects of going back? And can you form new routines? So if we're digging further on rethinking everything, one of the things that has come out of the pandemic and the working from home atmosphere we've all been through is that we are learning that some of us are separators and some of us are integrators. And if you manage people or you work on a team, it's really helpful for you to know not only who you are personally, but also that of your team members so that we're casting a a lens of ease and expectations and knowing how people work. If you're a separator, you're really good on 
separating your time. You have more of a matter, like a marathoner mindset. You're singly focused. This is my work time. I'm cranking through. I'm getting it done. I'm stopping. And now I have my personal time and I'm not checking email. I'm not going to be texting people. I'm not doing that again until the following day when I work again. This might mean that you're working for much longer stretches of time, but it really serves you because it's how you like to work. You tend to not like to mix up the opportunities and toggle back and forth because it's a distraction for you and you find it's harder to get focused again. Alternatively, there are integrators, and these are people who do like to mix it up and do toggle back and forth between personal and professional responsibilities. This is more of a sprinter mindset where you're energized by shorter chunks of time. So the working remotely nature of this past year may have served your style where if a meeting ended early, you might throw on a load of laundry and then come back to your work. Whereas a separator would say, oh, I got 15 minutes to get ahead of the next next task. Whether you're an integrator or a separator, it doesn't really matter. You just want to think about, did it work for you in the working from home environment? And what parts of that style of working do you want to bring back to this reopening phase? Take what you like of it and leave the rest. Again, the opportunity to completely Marie Kondo your career and your working style is here in front of you. Grab it. I'm also seeing a huge opportunity to reduce the pressure of presenteeism, but this is going to take both employees and employers to get in here and do so. Presenteeism is typically defined as putting aside your physical and mental health problems because of an unrealistic employer expectation and time pressures. It can also be interpreted as the culture of workers spending more hours in the office than really necessary and not necessarily being productive because they have to put in face time in front of leadership. There are many times in my career where I remember there was like a lookout, the person who sat closest to the elevator, and often we were all waiting for that person to give us the signal to tell us that the coast was clear. It could be 9 p.m. or later at night, and suddenly you would start to hear all the direct messaging dings throughout the office because it was like, oh, okay, we can finally go home now. That's what I'm talking about, the presenteeism. It wasn't the best use of our time. We could have all gone home earlier, but there was this feeling that we had to be there because the big guy was still there. While businesses are definitely considering flexible working environments and building in working from home on the more regularity and some blend of working from home and coming into the office, it's essential you make sure that you're doing this for yourself and you're encouraging your team and your colleagues not just to be there because it looks good or because you have to give face time. This is the time to really speak up for yourselves and others that if you need to take the mental health day, do it. Take the time because you'll be more productive after you take the time out than forcing yourself through it. The next area is about separating facts from the grief. For the millions of people globally who have lost a family member, they themselves got sick, or they watched someone they care about get sick, you may still be traumatized and returning to the workplace may add extra stress. You have to be willing to feel what we're going to feel. Think about it like if you tense up before a fall and then you fall, there's a good chance you're gonna break something. But if you relax and fall softly and be in acceptance, there's a chance that you're just going to get bruised. 
So if you can relax and mentally allow the feelings, which means not telling yourself something's wrong, not telling yourself you shouldn't have these feelings, you shouldn't feel the grief, or that this is not a problem, this process for you will be less painful. It's the paradox of thought work is that you can't really process an emotion and get past an emotion until you're willing to feel it. You can't resist it. Resisting it is like pushing that beach ball underwater. At some point, it's going to come back. For many people, it comes back in the form of overworking, overeating, overdrinking, over social media. You're resisting feeling the feeling, but the feeling is still there. So you're trying to numb yourself out by doing other things. There's a Buddhist saying that's the only way out of it is through it. And this is true. I've seen this true. You're not going to be able to change your thoughts and therefore eventually change your feelings around this unless you're willing to have them. There's a pure pain that comes from loss or death. I may want to allow for grief or sadness or loss or nostalgia, but notice I said may. There is no should. Love and loss are in proportion to each other. We experience loss because we experience love and appreciation. So the defining characteristic of the sort of this pure pain is really that it flows through you pretty clearly. You find that you almost feel the pure pain feels maybe a little bit more sharp and pure, and it tends to come in waves with some breathers in between. When we love someone or something and they die or that experience goes away, we feel pain because of love. It's very similar to an experience. If we loved our old way of working and that has now gone away, that pain and discomfort and anxiety is because of that love and appreciation. Getting support through a therapist or a coach can really help you process what you are thinking and feeling through this time. They will help you separate which part of what you're feeling is grief and which part is anxiety. They will help you reduce the stress and anxiety so that you can function better. So to recap, as offices are slowly reopening and you're figuring out what's next for you, if it's a hybrid approach, fully in the office, fully at home, if you're going into the office, the first thing is get clear on the safety protocols that your company is supporting and make sure you know them in advance. The next thing is really think about your well-being. What are your non-negotiables around health, exercise, nutrition, social distancing, greeting others? Get clear before you go in, because if not before you know it, you'll be back to your old ways of being, which perhaps didn't work for you. Next is mindset. Think intentionally about how you want to rebuild your day. This is a great time to mentally quit everything and then build back in the things that work for you. Again, I said mentally quit, not totally quit. And last, separate facts from grief. Get support from a therapist or a coach so they can help you process what you're thinking and feeling. And let me know how you're doing with re-entry. And if you need support or have questions, you can absolutely email me at hello at jillgriffincoaching.com. All right, my friends, I'm looking forward to hearing how you are going to rebuild as you re-enter the workplace. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll see you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Career Refresh Podcast. If you're enjoying this and you want more information, go to my website, jillgriffincoaching.com. There you can find information on how to work with me one-on-one or my group programs, or even bring me into your workplace. I'll put the link to my website in the show notes. But hey, listen, before you go, do me a favor, rate and review this podcast because it definitely helps me get the word out to people everywhere so that they can also thrive in the workplace. All right, friends, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon.